I'm Jimmy James. I'm Carl Knapp. Carl is a practicing attorney in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. We're longtime friends, and once a week we get together to talk about divorce, child support, custody, criminal law, and much more. So come hang out, because this is Just Lawing Around. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Just Lawing Around. This week, we're going to be talking about custody and everything involving custody. Who gets custody? How do you apply for custody? How do you modify custody? What about contempt of custody? All sorts of different things we're going to be talking about this week. Uh, what's going on, Carl? Hey, James. How's it going? Not too bad. A little dreary out today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're recording this. It's, a, it's kind of a, a dreary Sunday when we're recording this, but good day to podcast. <laughs> oh, it's a perfect day to podcast. Just sit inside and <laughs> talk about custody, right? Yeah, I know. Exactly. So as we always talk about, family law is your most primary thing. So I, obviously you deal with custody a lot. Yeah, I handle a lot of a lot of custody cases and custody cases they seem to never go away. They keep coming back, you know, cuz you people want to keep changing custody or custody's not working. So, yeah, custody goes on and on. So, I end up seeing a lot of custody, a lot of custody modifications and I know we're going to touch on a lot of that stuff down the road, but yeah, it's it's a tough situation when you're dealing with kids and who's going to see them and what they're going to do well and so that's like that's what you deal with a lot like so what, what do you see the most when it comes to custody is the modifications or is it the actual like beginning process of getting custody yeah you start you start custody you've got to get you don't have to have a custody order but it usually makes sense for people to have a custody order so you you start with the easy way to start you file a, a custody complaint and that gets filed in the county where the child resides. It's called the, um, you know, the home state is the state where the kid resides. And then the county is the county. So you file, in our case, you know, Montgomery County, you file your custody complaint asking for custody. Okay. And you just submit that into a judge and then, and then what you get? I'm assuming like we went over the whole child support thing. So I'm assuming it's similar to that, where you would have some kind of mediation to try and get an agreement before you, before you actually go in front of a judge. Yeah. Yeah. Procedurally, the way it works in most counties around here, Montgomery County, Bucks County, Chester County is after you file for custody, they have mandatory mediation and mandatory like parenting seminars. So the parties are required to attend mediation. The court will appoint a mediator, which is usually a lawyer, but sometimes it's a counselor or a psychologist. And both parties have to go to a mediation session, just one, to try to see if they can get their custody worked out. Okay. It usually, so, usually doesn't work. <laughs> In fact, it almost well, never works. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's times where it is, but yeah, I, w I would imagine most people are going head to head and taking it in front of a judge as far as they can to get what they want. Um, but before we go down that a little bit, I wanted to ask you before anybody gets a custody order, but like before one even exists, regardless of the age of the child, how does that work as far as custody goes? Like, is there, is there an implied custody? Is there some kind of like understanding? Is there already 50-50? Like if, if there's no custody order, where do they stand as far as custody rights? If there's no custody order, parents, biological parents have custody rights just because they're parents. So you don't need a custody order to say that you have rights to a child. So and that goes I, for both parents. 
That goes for both parents. Yeah, I have I have two kids that are older now, but um, I don't have a custody order. Obviously, I'm not divorced or anything like that. But if my wife and I were to separate, I have the same rights to the children as she does. A lot of people think, you know, women or the females have more rights than the men. That's not the law. Both parents have equal rights. So even if you don't have a custody order, you both have equal rights to the child. Now, the problem with that is I can go pick up my kid and, and take him wherever I want. I don't have to tell my wife. My wife then has the same ability that she can come back to my house and try to take the kids or go to school and take the kids. So it becomes a little bit of a free-for-all if you don't have a custody order and you don't get along. Right. So you're saying that neither parent can overstep the boundaries of custody if there is no custody order. They have free reign to do what they want regardless of what the other parent's saying. And it can't be like kidnapping or contempt of court or anything of that nature. Right. Both both, both parents have the, the same exact rights. So you can't be found in contempt of court since there's no court order. You can't say, I mean, you can, people say, hey, you know, kids are staying with me. You're not going to see them. But that's not legally binding on anybody. If my wife says, hey, the kids are staying with me and I can't see them, there's nothing to stop me from going to school or go to daycare and picking them up if there's no custody order. So right. if you do both have those rights, it gets, as I said, it gets, if people start grabbing the kid and one goes to school and picks them up and then the other goes to the other goes to school 15 minutes earlier and picks them up, it gets ugly. And that's, they're the kind of people that you should really file and get a custody order. So without custody order, like without an actual court order custody order, like the daycares and the schools and everything, they, they have to respect the rights of the parents? They do. Regardless they do because- of their opinions. Like, like if one parent is against it and the other one wants to pick them up, they're going to be allowed to pick them up because there's no order saying they can't. Correct. There's nothing to stop them from picking the kid up. Now, sometimes you get people that will lie to the daycare or lie to the school, and they'll go in and they'll say, hey, um, my husband's not allowed to pick up the kids, you know, for whatever reason, because the court said so. Or, you know, the only people that can pick up the kids are me and my mother, nobody else. Usually the school or daycare will say, well, we need a copy of the order, the custody order or something. And if you don't have one, back to your question, both parties have the right to go and and pick up the kid. Right, because it's not the school's place to mediate that, and they don't want to get between yeah. that. And they the schools and daycares, they, they hate those kind of things. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm sure they do. Know, it's a headache. From their standpoint, yeah, it's a headache. And, and if one party's going to come in and lie – could be a liability. It becomes, yeah, it becomes it becomes a mess. So they usually want to see a custody order. But I've had people give an old custody order, which I think is kind of <laughs> sneaky, right? So it's like it's we had a custody order, yeah, two years ago. I give that to the daycare and go, oh look, the custody order says I I have you know sole custody here. Well, that brings and, up a good question: Does a custody order expire? It does not expire. So, so somebody who's not, you know, privy to the case, like a, a daycare doesn't know what order is the existing order. Like my existing order, I could, I could get an order where my kids are two years old. And theoretically, that order would stay in place until my kids are 18. Right. Um, but 
or I could get that order and six months later it was changed and six months after that it was changed again and six months after that it was changed But then your wife could take that original order and try and use that. Okay, I see what you're saying. You you could do that. You you can get in trouble. The judges wouldn't like that if they found out. Oh, they gave you false documents or fraud or something. Yeah, it's it's fraud is what it is. Um, Right. But the custody, the people that are dealing with the custody, like the daycare and stuff, they would have no clue if it was modified or not. And they're probably going to honor it unless the other party goes back and says, no, here's a newer order that says that it modified the previous order. Okay, so so if you're married and living together, you would agree that there's probably, you know, I mean, it's a a cooperative marriage and there's probably no reason to get a custody order. But assuming that you're divorced or maybe you weren't married, you're split up, you're not living together. Would you recommend, even if you're getting along at that point, would you recommend there be a custody order put in place? I usually tell my clients that you should have a custody order. Now, custody order, you can also, I'm using the term custody order. You can have a custody agreement, which is you and the other parent, you sit down, you write it out, and you you can send it to the court, and the court will sign it and enter it as an order of court. So then it becomes legal binding, legally binding. And then it becomes legally binding. I mean, if we sit down and just write it out on a piece of paper, it's an agreement, but it's not it's not a court order. Right. It's more like a civil agreement, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's better to have it as a court order. And you know, you you can make it very vague or you can make it very specific. Right. Which I'm sure the people who are going head to head are going for the specifics yeah. just to be a hassle. <laughs> yeah, the, pe- the people that are fighting, the people that can't agree on anything, you have to really spell out every single day and time. And, and you know, it's got to be Friday at 4 p.m. Right. And this holiday Sunday. and that yeah. holiday and days off of school. and yeah. yeah. And one of the things we were, you know, we'll talk about a little bit. Yes. Well, what actually goes in a custody order? What kind of things are in there? Right. I mean, starting from from the beginning, I guess there are types of custody. Well, I was going to say that. like, there's, there's, So you can go and try and file for, you know, just a regular custody. Look, I, I want to get a custody order put in place and, you know, have it laid out for me. But there's also, I don't know what else there is, but I do also know there's emergency petitions for custody. Yeah, the emergency, you can file an emergency petition for custody if... You know, and every every judge defines what an emergency is differently. But if if my wife told me, "Hey, I'm I'm moving to Florida next week, and I'm taking the kids," well, that's an emergency custody. I would immediately file something and try and to get stop a judge that from to, happening. Yeah, right. stop her to enter an order that says you cannot leave or you you can't leave the state with the children until we have a full hearing. Or you could have a scenario where Maybe somebody like is, the safety. Yeah, safety. I mean, we had talked about PFAs before, but it, it could be you could also file an emergency custody petition too and say, you know, oh, somebody's, you know, using drugs and they're they're falling asleep or they're unconscious or pass it out when they have the kid. So you file an emergency custody and says, Hey judge, I don't want the other parent to see the kid until they get cleaned up till they go to rehab until 
you know, the, the situation has changed, but that would be an emergency. An emergency uh, orders or, or I guess requests are, or complaints, you would probably say. They're, they're um, different from regular custody where when you go in and file for regular, regular custody, there's a process to it. Where the emergency custody is pretty rapid, right? Yeah, the the emergency is is it's basically the same thing, um, but it just moves faster on the emergency, right? And, and the emergency it, usually handles a specific situation. Like if if two parents don't have a custody order, and you say, "Hey, uh, I'm filing an emergency custody order, judge, because I want you to to spell out what days I have the kid and what days he has the kid." That's not really an emergency right. in the court's eyes. Right. And, and the emergency is usually just to cover like one little situation, like in my scenario, like, okay, neither party can leave uh, the jurisdiction until I until there's a further hearing with the judge. Right. Okay. So they kind of just... Um, and you, that, know, you can file emergency yeah. petitions even if you have a custody order already in place. You, you can, yes. Usually that, again, it comes up with something that comes up suddenly. Uh, if you found out that, okay, my, I just found out that uh, the mother of my child um, w was put in rehab and she's supposed to have the kids this weekend under the custody order. So I could file an emergency and say, hey, judge, I want you to enter an order that says I have the kids this weekend and I continue to have full custody of the kids until, uh, you know. Until the, the situation changes, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People file, I don't like emergency petitions. The judges don't like them, you know, because they, you know, the judges have to really drop everything to deal with them and the judges are busy. Right. Uh, I see them sometimes with travel where, you know, a party goes and they they buy, say, plane tickets because they're going to take the kids away on vacation or something. And then a week before they leave, you get a parent. The other parent says, well, you know, screw you. You're not taking the kids. Right. Um, then you got to go get a, get an emergency petition so the judge can order, so you don't lose your airline tickets and you don't lose your reservations. I wouldn't really look at that as an emergency. <laughs> no. <laughs> see, I, that I, happens? Oh, yeah, yeah. See, I would, I mean, I to me, look, if you, suppose you booked a, a Disneyland vacation and you, you got airline tickets and you dropped, you know, three grand on this trip, and then the other party says, you're not taking the kids, uh, I'm keeping them this weekend. Yeah, but see, I look at I look at emergency as like a, a safety problem, not necessarily like that. That's what I think of when I hear emergency. Like, I wouldn't waste the judge's time on that because at the end of the day, what if you just take them anyway? Like, and then what? Yeah. They're gonna file contempt, and you're gonna say the same story to the judge, and the judge is gonna be like, "Well, you know, that's not really fair. What happened?" You know. And that's a big part of custody. Like sometimes custody is like you just said, and I it is sometimes you just do what you have to do. Right. But that may be a scenario where, you know, if some people, like, if you can't get in the house or something, some people just lock the door and say, you're not getting the kids. Yeah, so but I mean, all right, so in that, in that scenario, if you have an actual piece of paper and custody order, is that enforceable by the police? It, it is, but most, most police departments will not mess with uh, custody. 
they'll say it's a civil problem, take it to court. Yeah, mo- most cops don't like to get involved with it. They they I sometimes will come. Yeah, they sometimes will come to the house and say, "Hey, look, now media he, detention." He, yeah, he says he's supposed to have him this weekend. Um, I'm reading this custody order. It looks like this is his weekend. Uh, can you give him the kids? Now, the other party's just, no, screw him. It's not his weekend because we switched last weekend. That's that's what you see, right? Right, right. <laughs> and then the cops are in the same position. They're like, well, uh, you know, I don't know whose weekend it is because it says alternating weekends. Right. Well, who, they usually don't say every single date, right? That this is father's, this is mother's. They say father has every other weekend, Friday to Monday morning. Right. But you don't. If I just read that, I don't know whose weekend it is just by reading that. Uh, no, that sometimes. makes sense. So yeah, they, you see so they just time. try and mediate the tension and they don't try and enforce it. You know, they might put a little pressure, but they don't really go further than that. Usually, and each department's a little different, but sometimes they will come come out and say, hey, you know, he says it's his weekend. Can you give him the kids? Right. And a lot of departments will say, hey, File something with the, call your lawyer or file something with the court. <laughs> right, right. They don't want them to do <laughs> they it. Wanna, they don't want to deal with it because they don't. They don't know what's going on, and they don't know. Oh, he told me I could have him this weekend. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Well, how the heck? They don't know. All right. Well, so so back to the other scenario where your your uh you you have two parents that aren't living together they're not married or maybe they are married but they're not living together and they want to file for custody you suggest if there's no custody order that they file for custody anyway just to have that you know that safety net all right so they want to do that they go down to Montgomery County Courthouse or whatever courthouse they have to go to and what do they expect there where do they go to actually file yeah, you file you file with the Prothonotary's office, which is the civil division. I was going to say also, that, but I wasn't one hundred percent sure it was Prothonotary. Yeah. <laughs> People love that word too, Prothonotary. It's such a weird word. <laughs> knows, I I had never heard of it, even through law school. I never heard of the word Prothonotary, but <laughs> that's where you do. That's the civil filing. You, you go down. A lot of the, they have a lot of these counties have forms. It's fill in the blank. You fill in father's name is, mother's name is, the child lives at this place with these people, child's date of birth. Right. And I'm asking for custody. Now, when you you ask for custody, there's a couple types of custody. There's legal custody. Legal custody is the right of a parent to make uh, decisions, important decisions in a child's life, including education medical treatment religious so, but that doesn't necessarily have to be a parent right it doesn't have to be it usually is like you you as a parent have the right to say where your kid's going to go to school right so you you have legal same thing we talked before if you don't if you don't have a custody order me as a parent i can say i'm going to take my kid to the doctor i'm going to go get my kid um uh, a vaccine right and Right. Well, I guess the more the way that I meant that question is, uh, I don't know, father isn't around, mother's on drugs, grandparent has the child. Well, okay, so that's not the parent, but that is the guardian who has the yeah. child most of the time. They could file for a legal custody, right? Cor- correct. Third, in certain circumstances, grand- well, grandparents can. Sometimes you can even have a third party who is raising the children or child. Okay. Be- 
be um, get custodial rights. It's usually when they're they've been watching the kid, and I, I think we touched about this a little bit on one of our podcasts in the beginning. But um, yeah, in certain circumstances, a third party who's not even related could technically get custodial rights to a kid. But that's generally, like you said, the parents are usually out of the picture or or incapable to some degree. Yeah, they're they're in prison. They're uh, drug addicts. They're missing. You know, they they skip town. They left the kids with grandma. Grandma can go in and file a petition for for custody, and she'll get a court order giving her legal custody, which means you know grandma can then enroll the kid in school, right? Or get the kid you know medical treatment. That's the legal custody. When you have two parents, that's generally shared, which means they both have, you almost never, it's very, very unusual for one parent to have what's called sole legal custody, which means they're the only one that can make decisions regarding the kid. Yeah, I mean, the courts are pretty lenient on that, or or I guess not lenient. I don't know what the right word is, but the courts don't like to give sole custody if there's another parent wanting to be involved, right? Yeah, it's it's almost, you almost never see it. It's very unusual. A lot of people come in and they say, they sit down in my office and they go, I want sole custody. And I say, well, why? Well, my husband, uh, he got remarried and his new wife, I don't like her. And she's, you know, I don't like the way she treats my kids. She, you know, I'm not saying abuse, but you're not going to get sole custody. Yeah, I I don't see that happening in that scenario. It's very un. I tell people it's very unusual. You you'll see it's if one parent's in jail. Okay, you'll see soul. Or one parent's mentally ill or a drug addict. You can sometimes see soul. I mean, lethal. even with the whole drug addict thing and addiction, like they still don't generally give soul custody away like that, do they? They don't. I I don't. I'm trying to think if I've ever had a case where somebody had soul legal or soul physical. I mean, the fact that you even have to think about this says that it's not very common. And you've been practicing for how long? Yeah, just about 30 years. So So in 30 years, you've only had a handful of cases that fit that scenario. Yeah, and sometimes what you'll get is is you'll have... I had a, a few cases where they'll give one parent the sole decision to make specific decisions. Like I had one where I represent a mother and father was kind of a strange guy. And, and, you know, he didn't believe that the kid had allergies and he didn't believe that the kid had various conditions. He was, he was a little nutty, but so, <laughs> it's on the holistic path, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So when we went to court, I said to the judge, judge, I, I know you're not going to give me sole legal on everything, but I, we at least want mother to have the sole, uh, decision making with regard to medical decisions and and we got that so we got that so it said you know mother shall be the you know the sole determiner of medical decisions regarding the child okay so that way we didn't have you know but without medical what does that leave to share soul with it, it could be it, it could be you could still have educational decisions you could still have religious decisions you could still have like after school activities becomes a big one. Like I'm going to put my kid in soccer. I'm going to sign my kid up for soccer. Okay. And then my wife says, no, I don't want him to do soccer or, or football, you know, football. Oh, it's dangerous. I don't want him to get a concussion. Well, I want right. him to go to, you, you get arguments on legal custody 
quite a bit too. And those get tricky. I had a case that now with this COVID stuff, right? People fall fall on, hey, I want my kid, I want my kid vaccinated. And the other parent says, I don't want my kid vaccinated. And, right. you know, are you going to vaccinate a six-year-old? Some parents say absolutely. Other people say no. We get that's real political a, in this. Yeah, that's I a still clear of it, but we definitely can get real political in this. I'm, as I say, I'm not saying what side I fall on. <laughs> We're gonna get but, censored right, right before we even get started. But that that is a legal custody issue. Now For the sure, problem yeah. is, I mean, not even to, COVID vaccines. Just any vaccines could be a, sure. a, a an issue yeah, for the, people. Yeah, or, or I even make it not not so political, right? As I said, back to my what my football analogy, right? A lot of kids get concussions and stuff playing football. Yeah, I could see a scenario where mother says, "I don't want him playing football because it's dangerous. He's going to get a concussion." And dad says, "Well, I you know I played football in high school and college, and I want him to play." Right. That's a legal custody issue in the. The problem becomes when you have two people and they disagree, what do you do? Yeah. I, I want I want them to play football and you don't. So I go and I sign them up for football and mother goes and talks to the coach and says, he ain't playing. All right. So, well, what? Yeah, all right. That's a good question. So if they have a shared custody and one parent is for it, the other parent isn't, one parent signs them up and the other one conflicts with it. I mean, what what happens in that scenario? Well, you either work it out, <laughs> right? Which, which is yeah, right. Most people they can't work it out. That's why they got divorced, or that's why they separated in the first place, right? Because they can't communicate, right? Or you just do it. it. It's something like a vaccine, and I would never tell a client to just do it. But I have right. Had, I mean, that's more of a personal decision for sure. Yeah. I've had strange things, you know, a strange one, um, you know, where say the kid wants to get their ears pierced. Right. Okay. You have a five, we have a five-year-old daughter and he, my wife wants to get her ears pierced and I don't, cause I think she's too young and I don't think kids that young should have their ears pierced. I'm sure that's a pretty common conflict. Yeah. You, you get those. And I can um, see both sides of that. Yeah, you could see both sides, but you know, if my wife drops the kid off at my house on my weekend and she's got her ears pierced, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it, there's nothing you can do. It's done. So that I'm brings not- up a really good point. I, and I'm kind of like reading between the lines of what you said, but when you have a custody order and it's shared or or even if I guess even if it's not shared, like what if, you know, you're it's just your time with the child? I mean, what rights do you have to do with that child? I mean, do you have those choices to, you know, if I get her for a weekend, him or her for a weekend, right? Can I take that per- that child to the beach for the weekend? Like, do I have to verify anything that I do with that child with the other parent during my time? Nor- normally, no. Okay. The, and that's physical custody, right? Legal custody, we were just talking about. That's a right to make decisions, you know, where the kid's going to go to school, where the kid's going to be raised catholic or protestant that that's legal custody physical custody is yes wait, 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 i'm sorry physical custody is what you generally deal with you it's deal with oh, yeah you you fight more over physical custody physical custody is where the kid's gonna live okay so and, and we'll get 
I'll, I'll touch back on your question, but yeah, legal question is the legal custody is who makes decisions regarding the kids. The physical is where's the kid live, right? Where does the kid stay? Okay. So uh, you can have a child and I do want to circle back to that question, but you can have mm-hmm. a child physically in one place, but have another person legally making those decisions for him. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's almost yeah. like well, a power of attorney over child. Sure. But, and legal again usually both parents so but if the parent is if my child is with my wife for the weekend i still have legal custody over that child but so does my wife okay so if my wife says i'm going to take her to the doctor and get her vaccinated or i'm going to go take her to the mall and get her ears pierced my wife has the right to do that i have the right to say no right but if my wife goes and does it gets back to she's our, not in any legal issue she she hasn't violated the order. You're supposed to talk about these things. Well, sure. The right and thing you're to supposed do. To, you're, yeah, you're supposed to discuss them, but people discuss this stuff all the time, and it, it comes down to, well, I say yes, and he says no. Well, and I'm sure if you have a custody order, most times it's because you have a problem with those communications. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You can't communicate anyway, so you get a lot of these things. Now, could I file contempt? I guess I could file contempt and say, hey, my wife didn't ask me about getting the ears pierced or she asked me, but I said no. Is a judge going to find her in contempt? Probably not on something like that. I've had judges yell at my clients because they do like, oh, they enrolled the kid in private school or something. Right. I mean, well, that's a big educational change. That's a big educational change. Right. And the judge will say, well, you know, you should have told him or you should have talked to him. Well, I talked to him, but he said, no, the the safest way, something big like that, I would say to my clients, we'll file, we'll have to file a petition with the court and let the judge decide. Right. That That's really the tiebreaker, but you can't, you can't have a tiebreaker every single day. Yeah. Every time you disagree with your your significant other, the other parent, you can't, you can't file be filing petition. contempt. He's going to get annoyed. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. Plus it'll cost you a million dollars if you hire. I vaguely remember through one of our previous conversations, and this is going a while back that you want to like write down and mark down these issues and then file when you have a bunch of them added up. Like contempt. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Contempts. You want to add them up contempts. And that usually comes in, you see that more with the physical custody. Oh, I was supposed to get the kid this weekend and my my uh, ex-wife didn't give me the kid. Right. So you missed a weekend with the kid. I usually wouldn't file over something like that. But if it happens two or three times, yeah, you got to file. Right. Okay. So if there becomes a pattern or multiple times, but don't waste your time on like one small thing. Uh, you. It depends on the severity, but I, I try to talk parents out of it because you're going to have ongoing problems so you might as well try to address a bunch of them at the right. same time so all right so does that does that also apply to like i guess like opinions like if i'm sending my child to the other parent and i don't like the friends the other parent has you know I, there's nothing i can do about that correct like it's the other parent's time they can do whatever they want yeah. Assuming yeah, not, that the child's in safe as long as they're safe. Right. right. There's not a lot you can do. So when it's your custodial time and that's if it's so you have a weekend 
And to get back to your question, if I have my child for this weekend, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I say, oh, I'm going to take the kid down to the beach for the weekend. I'm going to go to Ocean City or whatever and hang out for the weekend. Right. I'm, allowed, I'm allowed to do that. And that's, and that's not considered a vacation that you need to approve or anything? No. Because it's not no, interfering that, with the other person's time. Correct. It's, it's my time. I can pretty much do whatever I want with, with the child on my time. Could I fly across the country? If you can, if you can do it in a weekend, okay. So if you, yeah, I if you can do it, look, if you say, look, I'm going to get on a plane Friday, I get the kid after school Friday, and we're going to fly to Florida, a two hour flight, and we're going to come back Sunday, and as long as I get the kid back Sunday at seven p.m. when I'm supposed to have him back, that's you're allowed to do that. Okay, no, no, no problem with that. Um, no, that's interesting to me. Okay. That's yeah, good. I like uh, that though. And that's, well, that, and that's, I know we try to cover general things, but that's if there's nothing in the court order that says otherwise. Right. I mean, that's assuming so, that for sure. Yeah. Because custody so when, orders, I mean, they can get down to every fine detail. Yeah. When you, when you get a custody order or custody agreement, so you, the, the way they work is you you have legal custody. It defines who has legal custody. Then it defines physical custody, and that's okay. Mom has the kids these days. Dad has the kids these days. Right. And then you can have shared custody. Shared generally means 50-50, where you have equal amount of overnights. Or you can have what's called primary custody. If you have primary custody, that means you – the kids stay with you more than 50% of the time. Okay. And then if you, so if one parent has primary custody, then that means by definition, the other party has partial custody, which that means they have the children less than 50%. But unless, time. unless stated otherwise, primary and partial custody does not change your legal decision-making rights no. on medical, you know, schooling, those things. Like you still retain all of that unless stated otherwise. Yeah, most people, almost everybody shares legal custody. Okay. So if you have two weekends with the kids each month, which could be, you know, Friday overnight and Saturday, that's that's four nights a month you have. So you, you have partial custody of the kids because you have way less than 50%. Right. But, but you still have shared legal. So it doesn't matter if you have 50-50 with the kids or you have one night over – you know, one night a, a month with the kids, you still usually share legal. So it doesn't go hand in hand, uh, physical and legal custody. Okay. So, so far we have legal, then we have physical shared 50, 50 physical primary custody, more than 50% of the time, physical partial custody, less than 50% of the time. What else is there? Is there any other ones? You could have sole custody, which means I have the kid a hundred percent of the time. Again, that's like very, very rare. Right. I've seen it where one parent is missing or one parent's in jail or something. Then, then obviously they can't have custody of the kids. So mother or father has sole custody. And then you can have what's called supervised. It's really not supervised custody. I mean, to be hyper-technical, it's called supervised visitation because visitation means you visit with the child but you don't have the right to take the child by yourself 
Right. So, so supervised is, uh, I my mother has to be present when I'm with the kids, or I have to go visit with the kids at some place, and somebody watches me. And that's usually if you're a dangerous person, or you know you're. You a know, sex offender or something? Yeah, it could be a sex offender. Which is interesting a, that even sex offenders years. still retain rights to their kids. They do. They do. And although you have limited rights, it's usually you're going to see supervised under that scenario. In other words, I get to visit with my kid two hours on Sunday and somebody's got to be there watching me. Right. To protect the kids. But nevertheless, they still have the right to see their kids. Which shows you that it takes a lot for a court to say you cannot see your kid. It it does. They try to they put safeguards in place. Of so course. okay, yeah. Well, the kid's not going to get molested if if we got somebody sitting there watching them. Right. So, but you don't get a lot of time. But yeah, you're still most likely going to end up seeing your kids and have some some custodial time with and your I, kids. I think it's often misunderstood that that courts favor the moms because I think they do a really good job staying pretty neutral. They do. They, it, it used to be years ago, kind of the mother was favored, especially with young children. Uh, there was a, there was a doctrine, nurturing party doctrine, which meant, you know, that younger kids were better off with mothers versus fathers. That has all changed. There is no presumption that mothers should have more time than father or father should have more time than mother right and, and i see it right you know in my practice i have dads who have more time than moms do it's not it's not uncommon most cases I mean, really yeah it's what, whatever fits the parents yeah whoever's you know i don't say whoever's better but but things things work out you know maybe based on work schedules it may be the mother has a problem you know a drug problem or an alcohol problem or just mother works weird hours right maybe mother works third shift so there could be scenarios where the father has more time than the mother and it's it's not uncommon there is no presumption that mom should have primary physical custody okay and uh one other like random question is there any legal writing or provisions for like abandonment is there any period of time or anything like that where you know it just becomes an abandoned abandonment but like maybe if one parent isn't around for a period of time or something like that there's no set period of time like it's not like oh six months or a year right if one party is missing i guess that's what you mean by abandonment that they're not around right that you can, the party that is around should go and file a, a petition or a complaint for custody or a petition to modify and say, hey, he's not here. He hasn't reached out to the child in six months or a year, or I would even do it probably if it was shorter, you know, maybe three months or something like that. Right. But you know, what you're really looking for is to change the order to say that the other party doesn't see the kid anymore. Right. Now, now if they show back up, they can file a modify and say, hey, I'm back. Right. <laughs> right? And, and they have the, the rights right back because they're there. Correct. And, and one of the things, you know, custody can always be modified. Would prison it's time always- be considered abandonment or, or I guess, uh, you know, that disappearance? 
Yeah, I think it would be. Where the yeah, where the I, other parent may be able to get sole custody based on that? Yeah, I think they would have sole custody until now when that party got released, that party could come, you know, get out of prison and say, I want to see the children. Right. And change that. Okay. And, and change it now, depending on what they were in prison for, you might have restrictions in the order and they might see them limited time. And, right. But you can, they can come back and ask. But sole for, custody isn't necessarily a set in stone thing that can be changed. It it can, yeah, that could, that can be changed too, like anything else. Suppose somebody has a bad, bad drug problem, and if the kids are young, uh, two, three, four years old, or whatever, and the person's a heroin addict, and they're living on the streets, well, okay, the 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 other parent's probably going to get sole legal custody, but if that person then goes into rehab and cleans themselves up and gets off the drugs and gets a job and gets a place to live, they can come back. And you know, apply for uh, custodial rights. Okay. So, yeah, like you said, it can always be changed. Same thing, you know. So custody supervised can be changed too, depending on you know why you're being supervised. Right. I mean, as time and circumstances changes, they're not sure the custody orders can be modified to accommodate that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because people change. I mean, you may, like some people go through a divorce and maybe, you know, they start drinking too much or they get, they get like super depressed, right? And then, you know, they're just really in a bad spot. So they really can't see the kids or they're really not able to see the kids. But then, you know, time passes, they get treatment, they get on meds, whatever. And now they can. So you, you come back, you file a modification and you, you try to change the custodial situation. All right. Well, I kind of feel like I took you a little bit off course in the beginning there for the last, what, 42 minutes now. But you, you always do. Yeah, I know, I know. But that's what these are for, right? Like, uh, that's how we got started on this, because we are. this is what we do. We, we yeah, talk. We, we do this without recording. That's, why, that's yeah. why we decided to start recording them. Exactly. We talk about these things and we get... Get way off course, but well, I think it's important to get back to the procedure and what to expect. So, I mean, you said you go into pathonotary, you, you file down, you file a, a basic, uh, you know, fill in the blanks document on what you're looking for yeah. and why, and then it gets sent off to a judge, and you get sent to, uh, you said a mediation and a seminar. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. You have to do mediation. You have to do. There's a parenting seminar in each county. You have to you have to do that. I think it used to be online. I think they just went back to person, uh, in person. It's like two hours or something, and then but but that's just to that's just required by the court. And then both parties really, have to do that. Both parties have to do it, and, and then costs. It, uh, yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not and the mediation costs too. You split the cost of the mediator. I think. I uh, forget uh, two hundred dollars. It is so you each pay a hundred for the mediator. Maybe more than that now and then. Is there the a cost of file? Custody? Yeah, there's a cost of file. Um, that that's about three hundred bucks to file a new custody action. So we're looking at like five hundred bucks already. Yeah, yeah, it gets ex- it gets expensive, and then after you, well, the mediation, and then they they will schedule what's called a custody conciliation, which is. It's kind of, it's kind of like a mediation, but it's run by the court. There's a custody conciliator who's a lawyer, 
and you go in front of them and it's it's pretty informal and every you know they talk to you okay where do you live dad where do you live mom okay what do you do for a living when do you work where do the kids go to school they they get all the background and then they try to basically come up with a custody agreement okay so it's very informal you're not in front of a judge you you can take lawyers but they really try to talk to the parties at that point and try to get a a custody order in place and they do a pretty good job i would say probably more than half maybe 70 75% of my cases get resolved at that level oh that's um, good. i mean that's good for the judges i mean but yeah. that's good for people too if you can avoid that hassle and headache of fighting it out in court yeah it doesn't it it's pretty as i said it's not really super contentious they try to focus on the on the agreement and okay let's what what time do you think would be good with you what time would be good with you and they will enter if anybody agrees they enter an order and you're done they send it to a judge a judge signs it if you don't agree they usually enter a temporary order which is good until the judge changes it okay so, so that way at least you don't have people in the interim while you're waiting for a hearing in front of a judge which could be a couple months you don't have people grabbing the kids and, and that kind of stuff. Right. So they put some structure in there. Yeah. So that's the custody conciliation. If you don't get an agreement at that point, it's not resolved. It goes to the judge. They write a report and they send it to the judge. The judge reads the report. They usually make a recommendation that says, okay, I think, you know, mom should have primary and dad should have every other weekend and, and Wednesday overnight, something like that. Just out of curiosity, do you think the judges actually like read every word of these reports? The judges, these reports, they do. I think they do because it gives them a pretty good background. They're only, they're not like super long. They're maybe two pages or something. Yeah. But how many of them are they getting a day? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They get a fair amount. I, I think, I think generally when they read them is when the parties are scheduled for their conference. Okay, so they brief so, themselves on the case. Yeah, okay. so they brief it and they look at it and they go, "Okay, well, I read the I read the conciliation, so I know, you know, I know all the background, and I, I see, Dad, you want fifty fifty, but um, the conciliator only said you should really have any over the weekend. What, you know, Wait, so why, the conciliator recommendations are important. Like they actually they value are, they, those. Yeah, they carry a lot of weight. They okay. actually do carry a lot of weight. Now, a judge can do whatever they want, but they do kind of value the opinion of the custody conciliator okay so you really want to kind of plead your case as i said it's not it's not like a courtroom you're kind of in a a little office they've actually they've been doing on zoom since the pandemic but you want to get your points out there and and say hey this is why i think i should have this this time uh with the kids right okay now just briefly like looking at our little notes that we had before this you put in there that the hearing judge must consider 15 factors and i've been staring at that very curious of what those 15 factors are (laughs) the that's if you actually get to a hearing so if you don't get the thing resolved in front of the custody conciliator you'll have a conference usually in front of a judge and then you'll have a hearing and a hearing is like a real trial okay so you both you know you both Mom and dad will both testify. Um, they will sometimes you have other people testify that may spend time with the kids, you know, grandparents or neighbors. And then the judge has the right to interview the kids. 
They usually will talk to the kids, depending on how old the kids are, they will talk to them. Okay. And then they will enter, you know, they will enter a decision. Now, the decision is just based on, yeah, these 15 factors, and they're they're set forth um, in the uh, custody statute. And I can, I'm not going to read them all, but um, I'll read, a, you know, a couple of them. Which yeah, party, just give me an idea. Yeah, like some, some of them are, they kind of, a lot of them kind of overlap. Um, but which party is more likely to encourage and permit frequent and continuing contact between child and another party? So that that's kind of like, who who's the accommodating parent right like okay. are you trying to keep your kids from the other parent or are you being like oh okay you you know you can take them this weekend so they look at that um they look at the parenting duties performed by each parent so like who who feeds the kid who's who takes the kids to the doctor visits to the dentist visits right um, okay they look at the availability of extended family so you know does a kid have, you know, grandparents? Are they in the area? Nieces and nephews, aunts and uncles. They look at sibling relationships, which is they generally keep kids together. So if you have two or three kids, they don't, it's, it's very unusual that they would split them. Um, which party is more likely to attend daily physical, emotional, developmental, educational, and special needs of the child? So like, which parent's going to help the kid with their homework uh, after school? Uh, the proximity of the residences, so how close the parties live, uh, daycare, availability of daycare. They look at history of drug and alcohol abuse, mental health of the parties. Um, and then they do look at the preference of the child. People always ask me that. That's one of the factors. As I said, it's one of 15. But people always say, well, my uh, my son says he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go to dad's house. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he's not <laughs> yeah. going to. Yeah, ex exactly. And it's, it's, I always tell people that's one of 15 of the custody factors. Right. And it, it depends on the age of the child. It depends on, you know, the reasoning why they say they don't want to go. Usually you see older kids you know, judges will listen to older kids. I usually say 15, 13, 14, 15, usually 15, 16, 17, depending on, how, you know, you can have a 17-year-old kid that's very immature and you can have a 13-year-old kid that's very mature. Right. So it kind of depends on... So it's case by case. Yeah, yeah. So, but there is no, it's not like, well, little Johnny says he doesn't want to go, so he doesn't have to go. Right, right, right. It's not going to happen and people always feel like you know well they said they don't want to so they don't have to no it's very it's one factor and it may sway the judge a little bit like less time with one party but they don't a 15 year old doesn't make the decision as right. to where they're gonna where they're gonna stay it's just a consideration yeah yeah so the factors as i said if you're if you're in a custody situation you should look at the factors they're in uh you know if you google you know factors to consider in a custody case you'll you'll get them this is a lot of them overlap it it really kind of boils down to what's best for the kids best right. interest is used to, is really but it tells you you should look at look at these Look at these factors, and the judge will enter an order saying, "Okay, I've heard the testimony. I've reviewed the factors, 
and um, you know, I'm going to enter an order. The parties are going to share legal custody. Mother's going to have primary physical. Dad's going to have partial custody every other weekend and every Wednesday from blah, blah, blah. They usually include other things such as vacations. Um, holidays are always in a custody schedule. Um, and then they can have other restrictions. You were talking about, well, if you want to take your kid, um, you know, to Florida for the weekend. Right. A lot of custody orders will say parent can't leave the state without notifying the other party. Okay. Or can't leave, or can't leave the country. Now, if that's in your custody order, then you can't, obviously, you can't fly to Florida on your weekend. Right, right. Um, but most people, most custody orders will have something in there where you just have to give notice. You can still do it, but you have to say, you have to tell your the other party, hey, I'm going to Florida and we're going to be staying, you know, at the Marriott in, in, in Orlando. So you have to tell them where the kid is. But you can still do it. But you can still do it. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then vacations. Yeah. They, they put them in there. It's usually two weeks for people who are wondering. You know. Right. Okay. And then um, earlier we talked about how uh, either your custody order, it, one of two things can happen. It can either change or it can expire. So it expires at 18 um, or, or, or it can get changed, you know, if you guys modify it. I guess a question that I have is if you have maybe a child with special needs or autism or something, does that custody order potentially exceed 18 or would that become something different? That can, that would become something different. I mean, I guess you could have it. You could petition for what's called a guardianship because that person then becomes an adult. Okay. Uh, once they turn 18, you know, child custody, they define a child as somebody under the age of 18. That's right. Which it's not rocket science, but that's how they define that. Right, right, uh, right. But yeah, if, if you have somebody with special needs, you might need, uh, you know, a guardianship, which is a totally different animal, but it kind of does the same thing. So like adult custody. <laughs> Co yeah, correct. Because some people see it, and we'll probably do a, an episode on one of these. If you, you know, a grandparent or something, when they can no longer take care of themselves, maybe they have Alzheimer's or dementia or something. Right. And they can't. They can't take care of themselves. They can't make decisions for themselves. Then you can, you know, file for guardianship. Um, but yeah, we're dealing here. That's that's after somebody turns eighteen. Okay. All right. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah. I guess as we're we're starting to wrap things up a little bit here, is there anything else that we haven't gone over that you would like to add? Although I do believe we could probably do a part two, three, and four of custody. <laughs> so if people. Uh, Want us to go more into depth on one of these podcasts? We can get into specifically how a custody order is written, what kind of things you put in there, what what a typical holiday schedule looks like, what a vacation schedule looks like, how you would do fifty fifty if you want to do fifty fifty. So if people want to want to learn more about that, they can just shoot us an email and ask, and we could probably do a whole podcast on that. We can also talk about, you know, if, if somebody violates, and I'll just touch on it, if you violate a custody order, the other party has to file what's called a petition for contempt. And all contempt just means that you have willfully violated a court order. Okay. And, and that becomes, 
you know, you you can have them in custody, you can have them in equitable distribution, but in essence, you're saying, hey, I was supposed to get the kid this weekend, I didn't get the kid this weekend, uh, my wife has violated the custody order, therefore I want either makeup time or I want, you know, her to be fined or I want her to pay my attorney's fees. But if somebody's not complying with a custody order, that's that's how you get them to comply is you file petition for contempt and then it goes in front of a hearing in front of a judge and and you know you got to prove that they willfully violated but well and I, not to far. not to drag it out too much further but what kind of penalties yeah. are there for contempts contempts in a custody uh in a custody um scenario it's mostly makeup time so if if you miss three or four weekends with the child the judge can say, okay, you get the next three weekends in a row, right? To make up okay. for the time you miss. And it can also be something to punish the other side, like uh, attorney's fees. So if I have to file on behalf of my client, I can say to the judge, hey, judge, make uh, the other side pay my attorney's fees. <laughs> <laughs> make them pay, you know, whatever it is, $1,500. Right. It, it doesn't happen that much, but if you... If you really ignore court orders, the judges can get pissed off and they can say, you know what, you you violate my order, so I'm going to make you pay the other side's attorney's fees. That kind of hurts people more than the makeup time usually. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, wow, you know what I mean? I got to pay his his lawyer 1500 bucks, and I had to pay my lawyer 1500 bucks to come in here? Yeah, that's so. Sucks. Yeah, it, it can get pricey so you you want to comply with the order as best you can if there's really something if you have a good faith reason for violating it you're probably not going to be found in contempt right, you know right if you had an emergency and you're like oh you know my my car broke down so i couldn't meet you halfway to exchange the kids so right a legitimate explanation right. sure you're not going to get in trouble for that kind of stuff right right it's malicious is what they're looking for yeah it's intentional right it, it it's willful as they call it which means you know it, you intentionally you knew what you were supposed to do and you said screw it i'm not doing it right that's really what contempt is so yeah that's that's kind i just want to touch on that if people don't file a custody order that's what you have to do all right well yeah i mean i do uh i do hope that we open this door again which i'm sure we will and i'd love to get people involved in these situations on here that we could have conversations with and go over their experience but if you guys are enjoying this be sure to hit like definitely share subscribe comment we're gonna we put the email in our description so if you guys have any questions or concerns you can email us if you want to contact carl himself and have a consultation with him and you're in the area his information is at the end of the podcast. Feel free to reach out to him and uh, he'll get you set up with an appointment and a consultation to go over your case personally. Uh, and with that being said, I guess we'll see you guys on the next podcast. The information contained in this podcast is provided for general information purposes only. It is not intended as legal advice or advice for a specific case or legal matter. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as an agreement for legal representation. This podcast and parties do not represent you in your particular matter unless there's an express written representation agreement between you and this firm. If you're interested in obtaining legal services, head over to cnaplaw.com or call 215-268-6333 and schedule an appointment today. That's cnaplaw.com. 215-268-6333. For more high quality music like this, head over to bensounds.com.